being willing to just ask for introductions to people, being willing to just talk to everyone and anyone and being open about what your shortcomings are, I think are essential to building that core team. Hey everybody, welcome back to Founder Vision with Clearview. I am Brett Kistler, I am your host, and I am here today with Aaron Enton. Aaron is the founder and CEO of Insight Optics. How are you doing today, Aaron? Doing well, and yourself? I'm doing very well. So I'm curious to hear more about what you guys are up to over there, Insight Optics. And we talked a little bit back in, I think, January, February, and it was really interesting what you guys were doing, and I'm curious to see to hear how, how you guys have progressed since then. Yeah. Uh, so for those who aren't aware, Inside Optics is a company that's dedicated to preventing preventable diseases. Uh, we have a mobile-enabled smart platform that allows for unskilled or unspecialized or untrained individuals to record video of diseases that they normally wouldn't have the confidence to provide a diagnostic on through their smartphone and know in real time that they've captured the right content and that it's of a diagnosable quality uh, prior to transmission to a specialist uh, for diagnostic support and follow-up care. So the intention behind the uh, product that we have is capturing patients where they already are. There's a large population of individuals that are recommended for annual pre-screenings for preventative care but generally won't follow up with specialists until there's a problem. Um, by de-skilling the process and putting it, making it accessible through smartphones, uh, we're increasing the access uh, for the primary care providers who are currently seeing the patients that are normally non-adherent to that specialty care. Um, so capture the patients where they already are and de-skill complicated processes so that anyone can adopt and use the technology. Mm, that's beautiful. So what, what you're doing is really helping extend the reach of you know this diagnostic capability uh, and extending it into the hands of people who are less skilled, but still maintaining the quality of the data, the quality of the care. Exactly. We're trying to reduce that non-capture rate at the point of primary care and expand the offering so that it covers the the largest group of the population that normally would not have access to this type of exam. Hmm. Yeah, it's fascinating. What what got you into this? Where did where did this whole idea come from and how do you find yourself in this position? Yeah, uh, this company is uh, founded given years of customer discovery. My, my personal background is in uh, medical device designs with a focus on customer discovery needs identification and stakeholder incentive alignment. So it's, it's really about finding problems, identifying the needs of the people that surround that specific problem and then building solutions to try and incorporate everyone and promote them to the adoption of any given technology. Um, that was what my master's out of Johns Hopkins was specifically focused on. I had actually founded two companies prior to Inside Optics um, before that, and it's the education that I continued to receive 
as I was pursuing my PhD out of Georgia Tech in bioengineering and uh, my MBA in innovation management and technology commercialization. So it's, it's really years of education, years of experience, and years of talking to the experts in the field to find the problems and then try and build solutions that directly address those pain points. Mm -hmm. So how, how has that journey been going? You've, you've got this, this idea that you've been working on now for some time, and you've been, you've been continuing to go at it since we last spoke about six months ago. And what, are, what has been different from what you expected last time we spoke to now? What are some of the surprises that you've experienced and how have you responded to them? Yeah, so I think the, the last time we spoke, we were only just starting to onboard our first customers and we were just deploying our zero to one strategy for uh, actually getting our users to convert over and to get new adoption. Uh, I think the, the thing that's really pivoted for us is actually our scale model. Uh, we're, we've started to reassess uh, our pathways to serving the largest possible populations. And we're starting to better align ourselves with uh, social impact initiatives. So we're working with uh, the under the United Way uh, Sustainable Development Goals now. Uh, we're working with a few major channel partners that we had not previously had either letters of intent or even been on the radar for. And we're now finalists for United Way's Health Innovation Technology Challenge uh, to try and deploy some of these technologies into the most rural, marginalized, and underserved populations, but from these larger umbrella organizations that we can establish partnerships and channels for distribution through. Wow, that sounds like quite a lot of progress and you know early early stages of adoption. Yeah. Yeah, it's been really exciting going from zero to contemplating serving two million patients over the next year and a half. So yeah. it's uh, it's it comes at you fast, but if you're not uh, if you're not ready to operate at scale, then uh, you got to find the people that can help you get there, right? I think yeah, that's absolutely. you can't do anything on your own, and I think it's the team that really drives the the growth and potential of the product. Yeah. So, so speaking to that, how are you approaching right now building a team that can help you scale to two and a half million customers? Yeah, uh, a lot of it is coming through recommendations of recommendations. We do have a few listings across like AngelList and uh, other service providers for posting jobs at startups. But uh, we've built a really strong advisory board. Uh, it includes people in both the business and clinical aspects of the company. Uh, and a lot of the, our traction and a lot of the new individuals that we're finding are being sourced from individuals that those advisors have personally worked with. We're looking for opportunities with us as well. Um, we've also been participating in a number of accelerators going back all the way to the origin of the company, all the way through to most recently New Chip. Um, but uh, through those organizations, there are a lot of uh, mechanisms to establish strong networks and to find the people that you know know more than you, right? And that's mm -hmm. that's really what I look for in team building is find the people that know more than me, bring them on, and then try and get out of their way as fast as possible so that they can do their magic. Yeah, absolutely. 
So what is what are the things that you currently feel that you need to get out of the way of? What are the things that are still on your plate that you're bottlenecking and really just wanting somebody who's you know more skilled than you in this regard to come in and help? Yeah, um, I think the the biggest thing for us is going to be hiring for managing business development at the largest scale. Uh, mm-hmm. When we look at some of our potential channel partners that are serving two to four million patients on an annual basis, and I have some exposure and experience and I've negotiated some contracts for pilots there, but to turn it into a repeatable sales cycle, something that's engineered for success that you could just drop it into anyone's hands and let them run with it and be mm-hmm. guaranteed some level of performance, even if it's not a perfect 100% guarantee, I think is where where we're specifically looking to bring expertise in now. It's how can we make these initial contracts that we're starting to lay the groundwork for something that's repeatable so that we can scale as fast as possible. Yeah. What are what are your engineering challenges right now? Any engineering roadblocks or what what's the what's sort of your roadmap right now for getting to that 2.5 million users? Yeah. Uh, we we're actually working with a number of different third-party contractors at the moment to retune our system for scale. Uh, We've been operating at a level and we built our system with the intention to scale up over the long run. And we're already able to handle a few tens of thousands of individuals if need be. Um, But when we start to look at hundreds of thousands or millions of patients on an annual basis, uh, it's going to start to vary dramatically. So managing uh, larger scale operations from a uh, infrastructural perspective is something that we're going to need to be uh, constantly watching and modifying uh, our infrastructure for. But uh, there's also the core intellectual property and research and development components. We have a lot of really awesome, exciting technologies coming down the pipeline that I don't believe I can actually get into some of the specifics on because we got to partner that with um, IdeaShip and our legal team to ensure that we're uh, conveying only what would prevent us from making a public disclosure, uh, as well as partnering uh, with filing patents uh, beyond just the active trade secrets that we're going to be maintaining in the long run. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fascinating. So yeah, with all of these different aspects of of scale, what have you been learning about yourself? You, you were talking about one of these things where you need to bring in bring in the talent that's more skilled and more experienced than you in all these different regards. And in my experience, that there's all when that's occurring, there's always this kind of ego resistance where there's just this like, no, I'm the yeah. only one who knows how to do the one thing. I'm the only one who has the vision in this particular regard. I can't quite trust anybody yet. And as you scale and you bring in bring in a team there's this letting go process of like yeah. releasing control. And I'm, I'm curious how you're experiencing that. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I make a really good in the trenches CEO, right? Mm. If you need someone who's going to roll up their sleeves, get the job done, be willing to work till two in the morning to sign on that one contract that is going to make or break the company in its early stages, that's where I see a lot of my value, right? It's that initial customer discovery, the initial traction, the initial sales. But scaling the company to hundreds of thousands or millions, uh, I definitely have, I recognize that I have limited experience in that space. It's 
part of the reason that we bring on a lot of the advisory board to help us mm -hmm. to cover our blind spots. And I fully anticipate by the time we go to raise our Series A, uh, fielding the possibility of completely stepping out of the CEO role and switching to someone who has that uh, capacity for scaling the company. And I think the hardest part for me is likely going to be finding someone who is capable of recognizing when they're going to need to step down from that CEO type role and switch over to someone who can build a stable but consistent 10% uh, year over year growth once we've climbed that initial rapid scale up, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a balance of, can we find people who match the vision, match the directive and recognize their own shortcomings so that they can step out of the way and let someone else step in to really ensure the success of the company. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, it matters less to me if we're uh, making that one extra dollar. That's not going to break, make or break the company. What matters to me is the number of patients served and the, the impact that we have in patients' lives. And that's mm -hmm. where I really look to see. You have to pair that, of course, with success of the business and growth of the business overall. But our value, our biggest value add and the biggest value that we derive comes from serving the patients. So right. it's about pairing those two together and uh, recognizing when it's time to make that switch. Yes, it's really important to be to be deciding what your metrics are and making yeah. sure that the metrics are in alignment with what you actually want to be doing as a company and where you want to go and not too decoupled from you know the short-term needs of the company to make sure that you can get across some of the gaps to where you are wanting to go. And one of the things that you just pointed to earlier was this advisory team and the importance of that. And there, there, it seems like we just we just covered building, you know, how you're building the team beneath you, the, the team that's supporting you in the company. Um, and also, I'm curious how you went about finding this advisory board because, in a in a way, these are kind of people that you're looking to 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 have the hard conversations with you and tell you the difficult things that you're you know not ready to hear. Yeah. or that you need to hear and you are ready, but somebody needs to tell you before you make, <laughs> before you stay on the path that you're yeah. on too long. And how, how did you go about creating and, and sourcing that advisory board? Uh, and how do you approach your relationships with them? Yeah, uh, so talk, I'll talk to uh, how I find these people first. Uh, for me, I'm an absurdly extroverted individual. My, my fiance says, I'm extroverted, but you're a whole nother beast when talking about me. <laughs> so it's, I'm, I'm constantly putting myself out there. I'm reaching out to everyone that I possibly can, even if it's just for a 30-minute conversation. I'm open about talking about the problems of the company and where we need to go and what needs to happen. And just asking straight up, is there something that you can do to help us or me and or is there someone that you know that I should be talking to? Are there questions that I haven't asked? Is there someone that will know more that maybe they m might not be the person that we need on the team right now, but they will know someone who does or they will be important down the road? So being willing to just ask for introductions to people, being willing to just talk to everyone and anyone and being open about what your shortcomings are, I think, are essential to building that core team. 
uh, as far as how how I take their advice and uh, rope them in and get their advice incorporated into the future direction of the company, it's it's more just being open to the recognition that if they're talking about something that you feel like you've done correctly and they're providing advice to the contrary, you need to recognize that you may not be doing exactly what needs to be done or there's a modification that to the process that you're employing. It's just about being open and self-aware and recognizing that you brought that person on specifically to comment on these things, so listen to what they have to say. Right? Yeah, yeah. What's, what's the most difficult piece of feedback that you've received from an advisor? or even a little bit more uh, nuanced, what is what is something that an advisor tried to tell you that at first you resisted and then later recognized that you would be well served to let in? And how did that moment occur where you recognized it? Yeah, um, there, was, there was an opportunity that we had had, that we had discovered through uh, our customer discovery process where we were talking to a lot of customers and I was, me and one of my co-founders were relatively adamant about this direction for the company and what we could potentially achieve and accomplish. And we kind of started to rabbit hole ourselves where we were tunnel tunnel vision focused on achieving this outcome. And it really was more than anything else pulling us away from where we needed to be focused on at the immediate moment. Um, we had one advisor uh, who I meet with on a, a regular interval once every two weeks who said, hey, uh, you've been digging into this for about a month now, and it seems like it's starting to pull your attention away from some of the focus for where you need to be focused right here, right now. Um, it was it was a little challenging to, to hear that, but... Uh, we took it to heart. We went back, we reassessed. We actually ended up backburnering that project, uh, I believe for almost four or five months. But now we've uh, come back and he was, this advisor was actually the one that was like, hey, you, you backburnered this. You wanted to reassess it in uh, one to two quarters. Had you gone back and looked at it? And uh, it was uh, it was really interesting to see to have this specific advisor come back to us and say, hey, I know I told you to put this on the back burner and you did, but now I think you're it's time to start to dive deeper. And now that we're looking more deeply into this pathway, we've actually found a few different channel partners that are not willing, not only willing to be pilot users of the technology, but are also willing to pay for the service as well as uh, some of the development costs as we start to expand our product offerings specifically for them. And I don't think that we would have been able to uh, provide them as high of a quality of service as we can guarantee today if we had done this six months ago, right? Right, right. So the, what I'm hearing there is that there was there was a wisdom to going down this path. It just wasn't the right time. And there was yeah. some attachment to that path that needed to be let go of, but the whole thing didn't need to be thrown in the trash. It just needed to be backburnered. Right. And, and I'm, I'm curious back to that back to that moment of recognition when you stepped out of the, the kind of the the tunnel vision that you were in. What was the emotion that you had to feel to step out of that? What was what did you have to let yourself feel and process emotionally to release yourself from that sunk cost that you might have been feeling 
and yeah, take a different I mean, track. for me, it was just a uh, a moment of clarity of oh, I kind of have been diving deep, and I've been pulling in our technical co-founders' time, and I've been distracting them from advancing certain other components or project pathways uh, that they've been investigating. And I ended up actually in our all hands meeting uh, that we have on a weekly basis, bringing it up to the entire team. I said, hey, this is something that we've been investigating. It's been eating a fair bit of our time and resources. Is this something that we feel we can adequately serve our potential customers? Because that was the excitement for me as a founder was, here's a new revenue stream, here's a new avenue, here's a new way to provide impact to patients' lives that we hadn't considered up until now. And then just opening it up to the team who came back and said, hey, yeah, I mean, this is great, but uh, we don't necessarily have the financial capacity to advance this from our finance side. We don't necessarily have the bandwidth from the technical team side if we want to complete uh, these three projects within the next two months. Um, we don't necessarily have uh, certain other resources that could could be made available if we uh, really wanted to pursue this, but uh, really should not be pulling from the core value that we're providing to our current customer base. Mm -hmm. And it was this recognition of we can be highly focused today and provide that world-class experience in our product for the technical offerings that are coming down the pipeline and then commit that same value to a future operational component, or we can try and parse it, split it, divide up the bandwidth and pursue both at a good enough level as opposed to a let's excel and blow the socks off of our customers today. Um, right. Yeah, I liked I liked how early on in that you you mentioned that the way that you brought this to your team was about what am I excited about as a founder? Like I've been excited about what the end game is for this particular this this pathway, this feature, and I'm less excited about it if I don't see us reaching it with the resources that we have or if I see that we are actually missing other opportunities. And yeah. I I love seeing that in contrast to you know, it, with this coming from advisor feedback, it might have been something like, oh, our advisors are saying this and I should do what our, our advisors say, being disempowered. But I really like the way that you brought that into like, well, I want to be enjoying what we're doing. And I, I see that even in the way that your metrics are. Well, how many how many people are we impacting? How are we really helping people get better care? Yeah. And, you know, the money matters and that's not the primary metric. And the enjoyment is, you know, the primary metric, not just that I've been told things by my advisors. Yeah. 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 So it's, I mean, it's all, it's all a pros and cons and weights, right? Even, even after that meeting, there was still discussion between the founding team. We took that discussion back to the advisory team. We weighed out some of the pros and cons. I make it sound like it was this like month long process of weighing the options. It was, maybe a, a few half hour conversations here and there yeah. beyond that team meeting. Uh, but it's about being, I feel like the, the way that we have structured those all hands meetings is even the founding team, the executive management team is subject to these uh, narrowing of the vision, the scope, the project, uh, or even the mission and vision of the company 
to the point where it can detract from some of the team members. So creating that environment of, we have these problems, I want your input as a team, and we want to be able to incorporate decision points and direction of the company, not just from a top-down perspective, but from a bottom-up, is essential to the success of any operation. It's how I try to build the culture of our company. Yeah, that's beautiful. I, I love I love what you've been talking about. I love the culture that you're building. And I'm, I wish you all the best in and your future growth. Thank you. It's, uh, there's a lot more to go and a lot more to do. And uh, I think with the team that we have and the culture we're building and the vision for impact that we're trying to structure, we, assuming that everything aligns with the stars, we've got everything else lined up and ready to tip over the dominoes, right? Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Well, I can't wait to see it. And thank you for joining us, Aaron. Thank you for having me.